The Nuts and Bolts of Writing, Season Two, a podcast where we talk about literature, the ins and outs of writing, and how to actually start writing. Hey, everyone! This is your girl Tete De Punk, one of the co-hosts of the Nuts and Bolts of Writing. Today, I will be interviewing writer James Michael, author of novels such as. The Ballad of Johnny Carlo, Ice Rising, and its sequel, Icebox. Prolific in the crime thriller genre, James Michaels also recently released a crime fiction anthology, Life's Darkest Corners, which we will link in the description below to all of the books, as well as where you can follow James Michaels on social media as well. As of 2015, he is an officer with the Department of Corrections. Crime fiction explores the darker realities of life, often exposing social and personal issues in ways that other genres may not fully show. Its focus on the grittiness of the ordinary reality for the individual facing an unfriendly world has made this particular genre a compelling one. Author James Michaels has explored and mastered this genre with his own impressive work. We're thrilled to have James on our podcast today. Well, uh, we're very thrilled to have we're very thrilled to have you on today. Uh, welcome to the nuts and bolts of writing. And I just wanted to ask you, just wanted to ask you, James, what had got you into writing in the first place? What inspired you? What sparked that literary interest? Well, I've always been an avid reader, and you know the, you know how they say you can't just wake up and be such and such, or wake up and do such and such. Well. For me, I kind of did. Um, you know, I was at a mo uh, time in my life where I wanted to kind of just, you know, develop myself more as a person, you know, learn some new things, accomplish new things, set new goals for myself. And one of them was, why don't I just write a book? And uh, like I said, I've always been an avid reader. And I was really on a big reading kick at that time, which I still am on. And uh so I just I, I kind of wanted to like join this like the 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 world of writers pretty much. So I found a, a decent premise in my head, and one day I just went to the computer and started typing chapter one. And but what happened from there was, as I was writing the first book, um, which I would then publish and it would become Ice Rising, um. I realized halfway through the story that it was going to have to become a series because it was getting very long and other ideas started planting themselves in my head about other stories that I can write. And I realized that what this turned into for me was, it was something I never knew I had about myself, which was my own special talent, which I think everybody has. I never knew I had it. And it just unlocked it, just kind of opened up this sort of Pandora's box, really. And from there, five years later, I have four published books, and I'm writing a fifth one as we speak. That's that's absolutely fascinating. And, you know, that's something you don't really hear a lot of writers starting out. You know, that is like a, a really, you know, materialized goal. And I think it says a lot about, you know, drive and, and getting to get something done rather than having a, the hypothetical in your head. 
Well, the funny thing, the ironic thing is I didn't, you know, like when I was in school and stuff, I hated writing. But Wow. I, yeah, I, I look back on it now. And of course, you know, in school, the teachers say, all right, write about this subject, write about that subject. Well, I really don't want to write a subject. The only time I actually really enjoyed writing was, I remember one assignment where we had to write a short story, just pick whatever. And I wrote it and I got an A. And then there was another time where we read The Outsiders. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever read that book, The Outsiders. And they said for an assignment, we were all to write another chapter in the book, like, 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 like a chapter that happens after the events of the book. And I wrote it. I actually still remember what I wrote. And I got an A on that, too. So I guess whenever it was something that, that was on my terms, I did well in. But I didn't pay enough attention to that when I was younger. And, you know, so I didn't discover it until I was 25. You know, some people, it, it takes a while to find out what your passion is. And it sounds like it was there just knocking at the door for the right moment yes. to happen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, speaking of writing, so you mentioned you always enjoyed true crime and crime fiction genres. What what drew you into these particular genres? I guess um, crime fiction happened first. The, just the whole story of... Um, the good guy versus the bad guy type thing with, but, but set in a more realistic setting aside from like, you know, in contrast to fantasy and, and sci-fi, which are fantastic genres, but I like yeah. more the, the realism and I, I like, I kind of like exploring the kind of just like the, the darker realm of society. You know, for me, it's a great like character study. And of course, so with crime fiction drew me into reading more about true crime as well. which I've always found, again, something very fascinating to me, you know, and I learned a lot about like, like the mafia and gangsters, and bank robbers and serial killers and white collar crimes and pretty much a little bit of everything. And you know that's that's really And fascinating. I just I just can't get enough of it. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a bit I'm a bit the same way myself. I've always been drawn to, you know, certain times how people lived, why they made choices, how society was, and you know that does tie in with a lot of things like crime, you know, gangster mafia that you know that that realm where things are kind of gray and muddled, so to speak. Right, Um, yeah. So when you set out to write your works. There's certainly there's certainly some research involved in the creation of these works. How do you go about the research process in your work? right. Um, I mean, Google has been my best friend lately. Agreed. And uh, <laughs> I do enjoy um, learning new things, of course. Um, You know, it, it, it kind of depends on the story itself. Uh, like, for example, in my ICE series, it takes place from like the mid 80s and so far it's in the early 90s. So, you know, so that requires a lot of research into that time period. I mean, I was born in 93, so I kind of missed that era by a few years. You know, so I, so I, I, I had to... revisit it and see like okay what happened right before I was born and what can I kind of remember when I was three <laughs> and how relevant is that to the story um and then there was like the ballad Johnny Carlo 
which takes place in areas that I've never been to, like New York City, New Orleans. And I really had this kind of study of the cities. And especially with New Orleans, I had to study the culture of it. And one thing I've learned is that after learning more about New Orleans, I is that I really want to go to New Orleans. That, that's really fascinating. That's like, I, I know what you mean. I've always wanted to, like, I've always wanted to go to, like, Chicago and just experience, mm -hmm. you know, the big windy city. And um, and also, it seems like we're almost the same age. I was born in 92, so <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're, like, the same age. So we probably remember a lot of the same stuff. We're, we're technically 90s babies by law. <laughs> um, so I, I did want to ask. Barely. So, yeah, very. <laughs> I did want to ask. So speaking of research and everything, when you're writing fiction, how much fact do you factor in? Do you do you look at it and decide how much fact or, or does it kind of come organically as you're building the plot and the characters? It kind of comes organically. I like to stretch it a little bit, um, stretch kind of like the, the, the laws of what's realistically possible, not to the point where people are floating in air, and whatnot right. but like in, okay like in the battle of johnny carlo i one of my characters is a very large character very muscular and there's a scene where he and he's a very polite individual but there's times where he has to demonstrate like his strength right like there's a scene where he, where he has to convince johnny carlo to come with him and there and and, and, and there's a door between them and he says, okay, Mr. Carlo, um, obviously you're not listening to me. I need to demonstrate something to you. Please take a step back. And he does, and he puts his fist right through the, the, the door. <laughs> oh, then, my goodness. That's a very, uh, very effective demonstration. Very good persuasion. <laughs> well, and, and there's a scene later where the same character actually bust through a wall it's not you know a brick wall well, not it's, a brick wall but like a thin plaster it's a cheaper wall. wall but it's it's very tough to do at the same time <laughs> i'll <laughs> i love um, that <laughs> so i like there. to throw that in a little bit just to kind of i don't know i break I just the like how, how, right yeah yeah i like i just like how it works because it kind of has that entertainment value to it so like when maybe the reader's expecting something and i like to throw it in as a surprise like hey i can do this as well <laughs> i love that you know I, I think that's important to when you're writing something to you know add different elements because that that does mirror more of real life you know sometimes um things that we don't realize are funny are funny but the irony I, ironic things happen like a guy bursting through a wall you know for you know what maybe to accomplish something or break three break through but i love that and not a lot of people do that you know in these particular genres it's kind of like not one note but like there there's uh you run the risk of of kind of having a monotonous tone and that can kind of convey sometimes when you don't break it with more of the realisms and ironies and the humorous stuff of life that happens right exactly yeah well i was going to ask too um so I guess this does tie in um, to the previous question. How much, how do you know what is the right amount of fact to put into work? Do you, do you know that right away or do you, do you think it's more of a, it comes organically as you're, as you're developing the plot or the character? You know, again, I would, I would say that is organic for me. It's just, 
it just depends on how well it fits into the story. Um, you know, like when I write a setting, for example, I want to be a little more realistic. So with, like I said, with the Ballad Johnny Carlos, the best example, I really wanted to know a lot about the culture. What are the foods that they're eating? How do they speak? Um, you know, what type of people live here? What type of areas are they in? To kind of give somebody a more accurate view of the setting itself. So, you, can, you know, so that if they look into it, they'll say, okay, this guy obviously, has, you know, I don't want them to think this guy has no idea what he's talking about. You know, like, like it's a, New Orleans is hot. It's snowing down here or, or whatever. Right. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, or with, uh, with my ice series, I, you know, the way I started off was making it very kind of like good fellas where there's a lot of explanation into what's going on. Um, with just a little bit of my own spin to it, if that makes sense. I get what you mean. It, it's a bit like, it's, it's like your own, it's like you're doing this through first person perspective, but you also want to imbibe your own personal style into it. So it, it's more of a, it's more of a, a human or organic feeling to the book or to the writing. Right. Right. Like, yeah. like my, my biggest focus is breaking the mold in certain you know parts of 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 my stories you know instead of the character doing something you'd expect them to do they kind of go in the opposite direction or how some characters can develop over time or just their own i mean they're they're, they're like what they go through and how they overcome it is not what you expect like I wrote a story about um, in my latest book, Life's Dark Corners. One of my main characters is a, a widow. You know, she's in her seventies. Her husband passed, and she's targeted by these two hitmen. And they break into her house. And what they don't know is that she had learned how to use her husband's um, Vietnam War era service weapons because he was a soldier. And he taught her how to use them before he passed. So the one of the hitman breaks in and she shoots him. You know, so wow. instead of being like the, the the victim, as a lot of elderly, elderly women tend to be portrayed in stories, in this one she came out on top. <laughs> right, right. She she definitely broke that stereotype of the you know defenseless old lady. She came out with, you know, iron blazing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so there's another question. Um, what do you think of, you know, this genre of, of crime fiction? Do you do you have any um, particular favorite authors that have influenced your writing or style? Or has it been mostly just kind of a, just sort of a pastiche of all general reading? I would have to pick um, probably three different authors. One would be, T.J. English, who is more of a, he's a true crime writer. He's written about like the Cuban mafia, the Irish mafia, um, you know, just um, crime syndicates and whatnot throughout the ages. But with fiction, I, I enjoy Mario Puzo and James Patterson. I like Mario Puzo because, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of The Godfather, so I, I, I watched The Godfather, yeah. fell in love with the movies, then I read the book, and it was fantastic, and I read a lot of his other books, and his uh, his one book, The Last Don, is still my favorite 
book of all time. I just like how he just ex- how the, the way he explains things. You know, he just it's so romantic, it and is. I kind of yeah, I kind of yeah. you know it's it's it, it has that romantic vibe about gangsters, and so I I kind of have that with yeah I incorporate that a little bit with the Ballad of Johnny Carlo with the the mafia dons in the story Dominic Argento he's very like kind of Don Corleone esque not exactly of course to yeah you know but 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 very you know similar in just mannerisms how he talks he you know he's just has kind of like a a a poetic talk about him very dramatic but I also like James Patterson because what what I love about James Patterson is that. I I mean, he just writes a great story. And that's the kind of writer that I am. I think there's different types of writers that when we're writing, we're trying to convey certain messages. Some of us, like, you know, Fyodor Dostoevsky, who wrote um, The Brothers Karamazov and Crime and Punishment, is very poetic. Everybody represents something. You know, this you know, one brother represents the emotional instability instability of uh, society. Another one represents morals or whatever. Um, Then you have other authors that are political or they have a message or there's like a life lesson in the book or it's a memoir. Me personally, I just like to write a good story. I like to entertain. That's that's where my area is. At first, I thought I was going to be um, you know, kind of teaching kids to fear from crime, but I realized like, I'm, like that's not really my story. That's not really my lesson to tell. I mean, if somebody reads my books and says, "Okay, you know what? This has steered me away from a life of crime." I mean, I guess there's people who had watched Scarface and said, "Oh, I'm definitely never going to sell drugs." You know, I mean, that's, that's, like that's that. going to happen. So I don't, I don't mind doing that, but mainly. You know, I think like James Patterson, it's mostly to entertain. I like to entertain. I just want, you know, people to read my book, go, whoa, put it down, say, that was amazing. You know, and that's that's such a wonderful motivation to have. You know, I think today people kind of get lost in the sauce of, you know, having so many uh, motivations, I mean, which are fine, you know, which are great. But then I think we've lost uh, just the sake of, reading or writing something just to enjoy a good story and and that in itself boils it down to the the essence of you know what writing is all about creating you know spinning a good yarn so to speak you know i'm I'm reading an agatha christie book right now called uh, murder on the orient express and it is so it, it's such a refreshing read because you know like, like nowadays murder mysteries the, the, like it's always like this detective who is about to lose his job, hates his job, he's nihilist, doesn't really see much hope. You know, he may have a drinking problem, doesn't get along with his parents. He has, a, there's a bad divorce in this background. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, he, he might be on the take a little bit and he's just, in, you know, he's just dealing with scumbags. And then, and then there's a murder. He's got to figure out who the murderer is. And the guy that died is not really a good person. Nobody else they know is a good person. And it has, just has that noir feeling, which is great. I, you know, I yeah. like that. Yeah. But... You know, then you read this Agatha Christie book, which I know that the, the the detective in that story is part of a series. But to me, in comparison, he just seems like a Joe Friday character who is just this, you know, this copper investigator who's just 
a good guy trying to investigate this murder and find a dastardly villain um, yes. on the train. And it's just, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I just enjoy the simplicity of a good story sometimes. And you know that that's true. Sometimes it's nice just to have a breath of positivity and not get lost in the muddle of gray moralities. Cause if you can't find at least one character to be sympathetic towards it, it kind of it kind of drags you down and it kind of makes you not really root for the character, but maybe root for the outcome, whatever it may be. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, I did want to ask, so there's an another question. Um and I and I wasn't sure if you're okay, you know, with me asking this. In 2015, you joined the Department of Corrections as an officer. Has this influenced your approach in writing your work, or is that sort of a separate aspect? I would say it's separate. Um, and just you know, because it has been it, it is mentioned, um, whatever opinions that I may have are my own. I am not a spokesman for the Department of Corrections in no way. You know, do my opinions necessarily uh, are parallel to theirs? So whatever opinions I have are my own. I'm not a spokesman. That's just something I have to say whenever it's brought up. Um, so for me, it, I yeah. So when I first wrote my first book, it was going to be a prison thriller, um, just because I, you know, I I'm familiar with the environment and. You know, I, I wrote the entire book and I never got to that point where he's in prison. But in the sequel, Ice Fox, it is a prison thriller. The whole, you know, the 99% of the story takes place behind the walls of a correctional facility. Um, not in the same state that I live in. It's, it's in a fictional uh, prison in a fictional area of a state, you know, 30 some years ago. So it's no relation to where I'm at. Um, but it did make the writing easier. And that I was, that was the one story where I really wanted to convey a message, which was in the book. Of course I have, even though my main character in the series is actually a convicted felon. Um, you know, he, he has interaction with staff and the staff are relatively neutral characters, which I would say in my opinion, resent, you know, represents kind of the kind of the majority of staff is that they're they're relatively neutral people that are going there to to do a job. That's you know that's how they pay their bills and they they respect the job and they do what's required of them. You know, and as opposed to a lot of shows and stuff out there where, especially like uh, Shawshank Redemption or Orange and the New Black, where officers are depicted as corrupt or abusive or malicious. Or, or, or malicious or neglectful or inept at their job, which I think is a very unfair um, representation of very correction true. officers as a whole. You know, the, 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 the most prominent character that's a staff member in uh, my book, Ice Box, is his name is Soretti. Uh, Not, you know, just I picked that name off the top of my head. So if there's an officer, Soretti, out there listening to this, it's not you. And, uh, <laughs> You know, he tells Ice when Ice goes to his unit, he says, listen, um, do what you do, you know, just like just whatever you're going to be doing. I'm here to do my time. You do your time. Keep it quiet. If I have to do my job, I will do my job. Understand that. But we don't have to have a problem right off the bat. 
So that was that that that's that that is where I really wanted to convey a message, you know, like so, you know, in in the in the uh, in the story, that you know, like I said, they're relatively neutral characters. They're there, they're present. Um, but a lot of times, the only time that they're that they're involved is when like 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 a fight breaks out, and all of a sudden they swarm the area, or when they have to go onto the yard and cuff up one of the characters and take them to the hole for an investigation, just things like that. You know, that's when they're present. You know, that's that's something very nuanced and that's something that's often neglected, you know, I think in a lot of, you know, crime fiction, you know, I mean, not only how do I say the importance, but the fact that, you know, this particular party's not treated with respect or depicted accurately. And I think that needs to be shown, you know, I think that needs to be be more represented. And I think that's that's really great that you've taken that approach and you've wanted to convey that through Icebox and and hopefully, you know, there will be readers who read that and, you know, appreciate that accuracy. And maybe people who are also in the field read that and also appreciate that representation of accuracy. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, another question. Uh, what what how when you when you approach a story, do you approach it with pretty much the plot all planned out? Or would you say it's more of a process where you begin the first chapter and it just all falls into place? Or what would what would you say? How how would you say a, a novel is born, so to speak? I am a total pantser. I have no idea what's going to happen in my story. Um I start off with the beginning that I know, and I kind of have an idea for the ending, but that is subject to change. Right now, um, I'm writing the third book in my ice series called ice rain and it's gone in such a different direction than i had originally thought it was going to um there's been a couple characters where i was going to just write them off as kind of you know like one character i kind of was going to say he was kind of just a sad stack type of character really tragic and he's really come into his own in the story which actually surprised me so I like to tell readers that I'm 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 going to be the first one surprised by the story because I'm writing it. I just have no idea where it's going to take me. Um, like I wrote Ballad Johnny Carlo, that took me 15 months to write it, and you know I finished it, and it's 500 pages long. I didn't plan for it to be that long, but you know, 15 months later, yeah. I you know, I I, I kind of have a feeling of when I'm nearing the end of a story. I have to say, okay, I'm I I can just kind of feel like the rest kind of leaving me. I just kind of go where it where it takes me, so to speak. I have no outlines. You know, I may have I may have a very basic list of characters that I want to incorporate, but aside from that, I'm just kind of riding this roller coaster. I just created a character in ice rain um off the top of my head like just he popped up in a scene somewhere and just kind of made his grand entrance in my head like hey you know what that's an interesting guy that i could create like right there and i just off the top of my head no plan to it just it happened that's 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 absolutely you know fantastic when something like that kind of just springs up you know just pops out and person makes their entrance and then you realize I'm going to keep you around for the third and fifth act, you know? Um, I did want to ask out of all the works you've created and 
of all the time that you've been writing, do you have any favorite characters and, you know, it, with those favorite characters, what would be some of their favorite arcs, you know, arcs they've gone through? Um, I have a few, some of them, I, some of them just because of spoilers, I can't really list all of them. True. I enjoy, but I do enjoy the, or in Ballad Johnny Carlo, one of my favorite characters is uh, this guy named uh, Vincent, who is the best friend of Johnny. Now, Johnny's a hitman in Ballad Johnny Carlo, and Vincent's the best friend. He's also a hitman. Um, Johnny kind of has that, he's got a code of honor, you know, he's got, he's got kind of the, 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 the moral hitman arc to him. But Vincent, on the other hand, is a darker version of him. And the only, the only reason he refrains from taking innocent life is because he respects Johnny. But then there's a rift in their friendship um, where they become enemies. And Vincent, you know, now, he, now he's pretty much off any moral obligatory uh, leash. I enjoyed writing him because he he's he's the close he's one of the closest characters to um chaotic evil, if that makes sense, like in, in, in the morality kind of Dungeons and Dragons type of right. morals. He's you know, he's he, he's he's the darkest character. He enjoys what he does, he enjoys taking a life. So it's it was kind of interesting going into that dark depth of a mindset such as his. I also enjoyed um let's see I, mean, I like my ice character in the ice series, you know, because I'm I'm basically growing up with this guy. I'm watching, I'm writing his story from the time that he's a little kid to, you know, now he's in his early 20s and he's, you know, he, he has a lot on his plate. And it's just kind of fun, you know, in, in a way he's like a friend and I'm like in the car ride with him driving uh, riding shotgun while he's driving me so you know i'm just so used to having him around now so it's, it's almost like he's like he's in the room with me so i i do enjoy that character i enjoyed um goodness, who else uh the brutus character who he i mentioned him he's another ballad johnny carlo character he is the he's the man i mentioned earlier who puts his fist through the door Yes. He's a bodyguard. <laughs> he's he's a bodyguard for this uh New Orleans crime lord. Very big, strong guy, but he's actually also a genius. So, oh, you wow. know, he's not just dumb muscle. I like and that. he really shows himself. Yeah, he's definitely a break the mold type of character. Um but yeah, I I enjoyed writing him. I also wrote an origin story for him in Life's Dark Corners, my latest book which is a collection of short stories i gave brutus an origin story that takes place 20 years before um the events of the ballad of johnny carlo kind of how him and the new orleans crime boss frank abraham meet so th those are some of my favorite i also enjoy the character of skinny who is in the ice series he's one of ice's um childhood friends and i i i, I enjoy him as a character as well but I can't talk too much about him because spoilers. You know, he, he, yeah, spoilers. Spoilers. Well, that's awesome, and also, um, I, I I'm definitely loving Brutus because I I have a soft spot for like the the big smart guys. <laughs> um, so I did I did want to ask you too. So, um, kind of to 
I guess one of the next to final questions, how do you come up with the titles? Do Does it take you a long while? Is it kind of an agonizing process or is it the first thing that pops into your head when you're writing? It depends on the story. Mm. Um, Valentine and Carlo, I came up with pretty quick. You know, I just, I just, it, it had a good, just a good ring to it. Ring to it. Like my it. head, but yeah. But Ice Rising was the most hardest one. Of course, it's my first book. I had these different poetic titles for it, and eventually, just my character Ice. I don't know. It, it, it's again, it just popped up in my head. Again, I'm not a planner at all, so it's, you know, it, it's just as soon as it comes to me and it has a good ring to it, I go with it. That's awesome. So basically, so basically you, you thrive on spontaneity, spontaneity. Yes. 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 I, I did want to ask, so final question, I, I know you had mentioned it, um, but maybe you wanted to further elaborate on it. Um, what, lastly, what's the goal in your writing work and what do you wish to impart in your readers? And I guess just as part of this question also as well, what advice do you have for people who want to get started writing, especially especially in this genre, what would you say to them? Okay, um, well, so yeah, the first, the, to, uh, to the first question I would say, I just wanna keep writing. Um, you know, it, I, it's something that I've really found in myself. It's, I'm never gonna retire from it. I enjoy it. I just love creating stories. And I, it's probably something I'm gonna, that's gonna stick with me till, you know, eventually my time comes. Um, you know, again, like I just want my readers to really enjoy the story, sit down, enjoy it, really kind of have this, you know, edge, edge of the seat type thriller stories to provide to them. Um, and then for aspiring writers, I'd say, you know, if you really want to get into it, sometimes all you have to do is just start writing chapter one and just let it flow from there. At least have something there that you can build from and then figure out what type of writer you are. Maybe you're a plotter. You have to sit down and outline everything to the detail about what's going to happen. Or maybe you're just like me and you just need to, you know, turn the key in the ignition and, you know, turn it over and start to start driving. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, well, well, thank you so much. This was a very, very fascinating interview. We definitely learned a lot, gained a new perspective, not only on this genre, but having a more spontaneous approach, I think, which is vital for a lot of writers. And um, also definitely we will be um, featuring uh, in, in the official introduction and of course, link in bios to all of your different works, including your newest work. Um, I think we have at least a couple minutes if you wanted to, uh, you know, talk a bit about uh, your newest work that you're releasing. Um, the last book that I released was Life's Dark Corners, and that was a that was my collection of short stories. And so it's it's five different stories. Um, you know, so kind of a brief synopsis on each of them. First story is about a man who's a you know a longtime criminal on the street who kind of finally finds his own little niche in the underworld, but it has disastrous consequences for him. The second story is about uh, the Soldier's Widow, that's actually the title, where this elderly woman finds herself targeted by two hitmen who, unlike the character in the last book, she has no enemies. She's a total law-abiding citizen. Why are they after her? Um, third story is... Is that... Is that Bruce? No, that's uh, about a photographer, an amnesiac photographer, who finds himself in 
in the middle of this serial homicide investigation, and the answers may hit a little closer to home than he expects. Fourth story is the origin story of Brutus, who is a medical student who comes back to New Orleans after the death of his mother, and he finds himself, you know, he's reconnecting with his father, but there's a gang war going on in the street that may alter his destiny in a way that he did not foresee. Fifth story is about a young teenage boy who loves violent video games, violent movies, and maybe he's he's kind of ready to take it to another level and you know move his fantasies into the reality, you know, you know into the real world. The real so world. that is, yes. Yeah, so that is uh, life's dark corners in a very basic nutshell. Um, five different people, five epic tales of crime. Well, this is very fascinating, and we are definitely sharing all of your works with links, uh, not only in our introduction, but in our description. And I think um, I think our, our audience will definitely enjoy discovering your works. And James, thank you again for joining us. Thank you for sharing your insight. Thanks for reaching out to us. It was an absolute delight and just so much to learn. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, um, we certainly hope to see you again. And, and thank you again. Okay. Goodbye. Bye.